All right, here we go. Back in bold, we got the Nikki Nomad in his crazy new place. We got the car guy all set up behind the wheel. Life is good. We're finishing off 2021. What's up, George? How's the holidays? They're good. They're good. Look at me. I got the uh, the car guy 10 to 4 grip on the steering wheel right here. If this makes it onto YouTube, you guys are going to see my uh, my habitat. We just started YouTube. How about that? We got some good views on a couple of videos right away. Who knew we were we were missing out on some engagement action? Yeah, that YouTube's a weird game, dude. All this stuff is weird, like the algorithms and you know when to post, when not to post, what to post. But you just gotta throw crap on the wall and, and see if it fits. But like YouTube is the second biggest search engine in the world. So like, if anything, it's gonna drive traffic to Spotify and SoundCloud, iTunes, and that's the key. Just getting your voice out there and and see what happens. Oh, by the way, speaking of that search engine stuff, did you see that this week TikTok took the number one spot of the most visited um, online website over Google? How nuts is that? Dude, that is crazy. So they're uh, in this, this art castle thing I'm staying at. You see it's like made out of like wine bottles and beer bottles. The owner, his friends um, from Uruguay, because that's where he uh, is from, and he's been here the last 30 years building this whole compound. It's, it's fucking nuts. And uh, his friend and her daughter were here. And I was um, talking with them. And she, uh, she's 17. And uh, we were just kind of speaking about, like, the different generations around uh, countries and whatnot. And about TikTok and social media's uh, uh, power on your subconscious. And she's like, dude, I can really, like, see, like, the walking zombies of my generation. Especially after the last two years, you know, with the little mask and all that crazy stuff. She's like, people, we're, we just look at our phone. We have like no social skills. I mean, it's uh, it is like the walking dead, you know, the zombies and whatnot with this, this addiction of social media. Cause these super quick dopamine hits from TikTok, it just floods you with dopamine, 10 second, 10 second. It's crazy. Here, here's something interesting too. So I saw on the walking dead app itself, TikTok, I saw that there was a mother concerned about her child watching. There's this new, a uh, little kid show called Coco Melon. I doubt you've heard about this. I mean, unless you got your secret kids with your, your foreign women that you're not telling the bold audience about transparently. But apparently this new show, Coco Melon, it's average, um, average scene time before switching to like a new scene is five seconds or less compared to something like Mickey Mouse's Playhouse, which is like 10 seconds, double the amount of time. But basically this mom is concerned because she studies things like that and says that the effects on a child's brain of getting these like quick, quick, like TikTok size bites, like over and over and over is like the equivalent to like a very stimulating drug. And uh, it, it was super interesting to, to look into because, I mean, I can totally see it. Like if I had a little boy or girl, like getting these like quick, bright flashes changing every five seconds, like I don't, their brain is probably like overloaded with these dopamine hits. It's like the equivalent to scrolling social media or TikTok or any quick hit thing. So that was uh that was very interesting to see. You haven't heard of Coco Melon, have you? I mean, I'm surprised I no, but it's just like the the casino stuff we talk about. And then like when we post reels and the slot machine, watching the views go up is like it's addicting, dude. And then now they're they're mastering this on social media about how to make it as much dopamine, as much addicting as possible. And I think TikTok is like the ultimate thing. Like five, ten seconds, boom, next video, boom, more dopamine, boom, boom, boom. But like if you've noticed it. Like when I like lay on my bed and I'm like looking at Reddit or different social media stuff, it's like I feel exhausted by the end of it. 
it's not relaxing. I'm just laying on my bed. You think you'd be relaxing, scrolling and doing all that. But by the end of it, I'm beat. And that's, I mean, what it's doing is just draining our dopamine. Yeah, I, uh, I I went off TikTok for a while, and then I, I recently got back on, and I was on it before bed, and time, like, flew. Like, before I knew it, I would wasted, like, an hour, and I couldn't sleep either. So, like, immediately the next day, I was like, okay, I, I cannot be doing Coco Melon TikTok before bed, or else I'm going to be getting terrible sleep, terrible for my health and whatnot. And uh, it was interesting, too, because I went on TikTok again after taking a break, and the algorithm, like, didn't really know exactly what I was into, like before they knew exactly what to show me. It was like quick hits of everything I'm into. And then when I got back on, like the default shit they show you is like these young girls in bikinis. And I'm like, oh my God, like I'm, I'm anytime I see a girl in a bikini, I'm sliding as quick as possible. So they don't pick up that I'm like interested in that, right? And keep pushing it. And the casino metaphor you just made, I think it's interesting what TikTok has done because in this day and age on social media, going along with the casino metaphor, they basically made us think that likes are like a new form of currency. Like at the casino, you get money, right? And that's your dopamine hit. You win money. It's great. You, you have actual currency. But on Instagram, likes are the new currency. And TikTok makes it possible for you to hit a, a jackpot at the casino. You can blow up off one video. You can't do that on Instagram. But I think that's one of the parts of TikTok that's so addicting. Just like the thrill of knowing when you post a video and you got a trend going that's popular and you got like a popular sound, like in the back of your mind, you're like, holy shit, am I going to hit the jackpot? Am I going to hit the lucky lucky on the uh, the slots machine? I, I never really thought of that, but I think that might be a reason why TikTok has been so successful because people are like, wow, if I visit this casino, I might walk away with a million likes, AKA a million dollars in value. Yeah, they all say like attention is the, the most valuable commodity, especially nowadays. And that is what it is. It's getting people's attention and you get rewarded for that attention and we're humans like we love attention and unless you're like a hermit everybody loves attention and i so i have the facebook for you know the professional stuff that i do in, in europe and um i post like once every six months but i can like after i post it's like oh that person likes it and that person oh, commented and that's cool and you can feel the dopamine you know what i mean like it's it's a real thing and and how do you uh counteract it i don't know because it is it is very, very addicting. I mean, I, exactly. Like if a kid, I could not imagine having this kind of stuff as a kid. We had the MySpace. I remember messing around on MySpace and whatnot. But now imagine that times 100. That's what these kids are getting. They're getting just killed with this dopamine stuff. So it's going to be interesting world. Like um, I, I, what, about the math stuff that um, I've been thinking about lately is, you know how important it is as like a little child or a teenager to develop um, – social skills and then to read expressions and you know to communicate because remember when we we're children dude like in high school we were mutes or we, we weren't good at speaking right like you talk to your your parents uh, friends like there's very rare someone was good at speaking now imagine like now you can't see their faces like two years of that development is going to be nutty and my conspiratorial brain of course goes to the fact that it's creating a generation of obedient drone workers Know what I mean? Like where they don't question nothing. They don't know how to communicate with one another. Only thing they knew how to do is be plugged in. And if you're plugged in on your phone, you're easily manipulated. They can push all these different things. A, a crazy funny meme I saw about this algorithm shit is like this one. Uh, it was like the Wojak and uh, those funny memes or whatever. And it was like, wow, 
like I hate this world, like scrolling through your feed and it's like, wow, these people are stupid. This is dumb. But in reality, this is the, the most advanced algorithm that's picked out what you like to see, what grabs your attention. So if you're hating on that, your algorithm, that's basically you. I mean, not totally, but that's usually what you like to watch, what you like to see. So it's an internal reflection on, on yourself. So if you're getting a terrible algorithm, you know, that's usually on, on you. Obviously, the people that, you know, do stuff kind of lead you in a direction. They put stuff in your algorithm and they keep you on your path. But again, a lot of it is like you with the bikini thing. If you stay on that for too long, you like it. That's just what it is. Yeah, no, and the social dilemma went into that. They have uh, they have like the image of the guys in the control center uh, zoning in on you as an individual consumer of it. And uh, obviously it's dramatized because like they don't have two actual guys in a big control center for every single user. But they're literally like taking into account, okay, how long in seconds does he stay on this video? Does he share it? Does he like it? Does he does he interact with our follow-up content that we send him after he interacts with the original piece? It's it's fascinating. Um, but really quick, circling back to to the uh, social, you know, reading body language, uh, EQ, social uh, skills and whatnot with these masks. I honestly think that that's a way bigger deal than people even think about. Uh, I remember my parents, one of the best things they instilled in me is just the ability to go talk to adults. Like as soon as I hit middle school or so, my mom and dad would always be stressing the importance of like interacting with like even the parents on my baseball team, like your dad or, uh, you know, other dads, other moms. And at the time I'm like, why are you like making me talk to these adults? Like why? But then as I, you know, as I get older, I realize like a lot of my success in the nine to five world is because I'm so good with adults and they like really, really respect me because I treat them like a friend. Like I'm not, I don't have any barriers of, you know, com communication between myself and them. Like they're 30, 40 years older, but they feel like they're a kid again talking to me is what they tell me. And uh, like with masks, there's zero chance that kids these, this day and age are going to be able to develop social skills with, you know, a, a, an older generation or even a younger generation, even their own generation. So to your point, that in turn is going to, turn them into robots that can't read facial expressions, can't read body language. There's a lot of tells even like the mask covers your nose down, like people's mouths, like their smiles, their like little twitches that gives a lot of shit away when you're interacting with them. How are they going to grow up to be socially competent? Like that, that's a huge deal to me. And I conspiratorially in your mind, you're thinking, yeah, they want to turn you into drones and workers, worker bees and whatnot. I don't know if they've thought it through, if there is a bay, but if they keep putting these mask mandates on, kids are going to lose a shit ton of social skills and interpretive skills. They, they can't analyze people's behavior. They're not going to be able to connect. And conversely, they're going to gravitate more towards their phone where they feel like some fake connection instead of the real world connection. I think it's very dangerous. Well, it's not even looking at like uh, the mouth ticks and all that, but even your, how you speak with the mask on is different, obviously. The tone, but it, it's already like psychologically pro programming you to not speak as much and trying to go into your shell. You know what I mean? Like that was the worst thing. I noticed it when, I mean, I haven't worn it in forever. I haven't needed to only like on an airplane, but like leaving the house, I'm like, oh, I forgot the little mask thing. And if I was around people, you're like, oh wait, we don't have a mask on. Like it was just that in your head, like that psychological thing. And it's just very sketchy. Cause we talked about in the living for a living thing is like, persuasion how do you get people to do like really big 
things is you start little, right? So, hey, just wear this for a little bit. Okay, now go on the lockdown. Now shut down your business. Now get this. Now get the booster. Now get that. Like, it's like slowly pushing you to get bigger and bigger things. It's like, if I want a big favor from you, I'm going to ask you for $100 today. Like, hey, yo, I need $100. And in a couple of weeks, hey, dude, like I have this cool investment. Like, can you put like five grand towards it? Like, you know what I mean? Like these little things and you go up the ladder. That's persuasion 101. So Enough of that though. Like, um, I wanted, I want to hit on this cause I was thinking about this on the beach yesterday. Um, like how beautiful it was and just like the living La Dolce Vita on a freaking Tuesday with a beautiful girl next to me drinking vino that I got for $5. But I was thinking about this in the metaverse, like creating this metaverse, these worlds for everybody where they can live in their own paradise whenever they want. Like, just imagine that these favela kids, in Brazil, that all they know is their little favela. They haven't traveled 30 miles outside of it. They'll never get to experience anything crazy. They see all the crazy stuff maybe on their phones or maybe on the television they got. But with this metaverse, dude, think about all these people that could never have gone to Portofino that can now put the mask on and literally experience Portofino for themselves anywhere in the world. Like, I think that's gonna be really fascinating for like um, just human development stuff. I don't know, it's gonna be trippy. What do you think? Yeah, that's interesting. I, my my immediate thought was, does that devalue the actual in-person experience? Because these kids, I'm sure the metaverse will get to a point where it'll be able to simulate like the sights, the sounds, the the scents. I mean, all five senses, I'm sure they'll be able to build in like scents. Like when you, a favela kid, if you put on the VR set or whatever it turns into, I've heard it's going to turn into contact lenses because people are going to get sick of you know, the inconvenience of strapping on a monster's ink mask. But eventually these kids are going to be able to like stimulate their all five senses, touch, feel, sound, smell. I mean, and is that going to decrease worldwide travel? Is that going to lower real estate? Cause there's, you know, real estate prices in Brazil or whatever, if there's not enough demand in person, like is, are people actually going to invest in digital land so much that physical land will go obsolete? I mean, I, it's going to be really, really weird. And I don't know how many years away we are from that totally being the norm, if it ever will be at all. But a lot of weird trickle-down effects are going to happen if uh, VR and metaverse stuff really evolves to that level where people don't even feel a need to actually travel. Like, our travel business is going to go under? Are, is our planes going to continue to develop? I mean, it's bizarre. Like, I'm sure you'll be able to go to space in the metaverse. Is that going to halt uh, NASA's studies? I, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I just thought that was really interesting. I could see a lot of good for that and then maybe some some bad. But I, th I just think there's no way they won't be able to totally like replicate it. I think they'll be able to replicate it almost 100%. And then it won't really matter. And I think that would create a crazy amount of opportunity for people that would never get that chance in the first place. There's just going to be a lot of cool stuff. That's why I'm trying to get on the forefront with it with uh, – our boy Tommy Farr, you know, we're doing that series, creating a, a metaverse business. He's uh, building the first hotel in the metaverse, and I've learned so much um, talking to him about it. But then also, you know, Bookman and, and Wilder World, and it's just a, it's gonna be trippy. But yeah, here's the thing though, like I just don't trust the people who are gonna be running it. You know what I mean? Like That's just like we talk about this TikTok, when we talk about this TikTok and, and all that kind of stuff. Like now, my whole life and my senses and my feelings are literally in the control of the algorithm or the the people that click the button so we'll see yeah i don't know dude and like another thought i had was okay let's say um you know delta one of the biggest airlines in the world gets uh gets in bed with the metaverse folks 
I'm sure if they are promoting, you know, different locations available to people in the VR headset, like Delta, ultimately, they still want people to take their flights. So is it going to turn into something where it's like a teaser? It's like, hey, take your uh, one month subscription of travel to South America, but we're going to cut you off at a certain amount. And I'm sure they'll their algorithm will be advanced enough at that time where they can like measure, okay, do we got this guy hook, line and sinker? Like, is he thinking about actually traveling there? And then they'll cut it off. So maybe they'll build it to the point, they'll build the interest and the intrigue of the customer journey to the point where they're going to be like, damn, I actually need to buy a ticket because now I'm not, I oh. used up all my tokens on the metaverse travel. Maybe that's where they're going to go. I don't know. But I mean, any big business right now definitely is aware of the metaverse because that seemingly is the future. And they're probably adjusting their entire 10 year plan, five year plan, 20 year plan based on how much money's in it for them. So it, it'd be very yeah, interesting that, to be a fly on the wall for those conversations. Yeah, Nike just bought that huge piece of land right next to Tommy Parr's uh, land in uh, Sandbox. and Which yeah, is giant, which is giant for Tommy, by the way. Yeah, it, it's moving fast, man. They say that NFT metaverse world moves at like quadruple the speed of normal life. Like one month ago, it feels like five years in, in that kind of space, how fast it's going. So we're going to see. Hey, so you texted me, what, the quarter life uh, crisis? I think this would be a good conversation because I've been trying to motivate you for a while to get out of... I say it's your bubble. I, I still think you get out of your bubble in different ways than obviously just moving across the country that you always kind of bash me for. But um, let's get into that because like obviously where, where we're from, kids, they're having families now, they're getting married. And, you know, here I am living in these weird parts of the world on a beach on a Tuesday in the afternoon, you know, with different women doing whatever the fuck I want. And like, let's talk about this quarter life thing, because from my perspective, ever since I started traveling, I, I feel younger than I've ever felt. I felt like I've packed in so much experience that, you know, I'm 26 now, 26 and a half. And uh, when I turned like 23 or 22, I was like, holy shit, dude, I am getting old. Like, this is scary. Where is life going? But now it seems like time has, has slowed ridiculous amount because, you know, when you when you do stuff, like last year, remember when we recorded um, in Mexico going into the new year yep. um, about like our vision for the next, um, uh, for 2021? Dude, that seems like, forever ago for me you know what i mean so like i'm not feeling this quarter life crisis vibe but i know lots of people are at our age you know 25 26 yeah and i think it's interesting because okay where i am you know i'm still in touch with a lot of college age kids and if you look at the kids where my college you know took place a lot of their families their moms and dads are very successful so there's a lot of money there's a lot of uh, pressure socially to kind of find your uh, significant other, kind of think about settling down and whatnot. And I'm starting to see it where seemingly, in my opinion, a lot of people are jumping the gun on tying the knot, getting the house, doing all the things that they should be doing according to their mentors, their parents. And um, so relating this over to travel, you want me to get out of my bubble. So recently I've started doing something on the side outside of this and the nine to five that I'm hoping can provide me some, some good passive income, potentially retirement early potential. But, and you started asking me, okay, what's the end goal of that? And one of them was, you know, financial freedom. And then you ask even deeper, you're like, okay, but what's the end goal of financial freedom? And I said, I don't know, go wherever I want, do whatever I want, whenever. And then you brought up an interesting point where you're like, okay, well, right now your passions seem to be 
you know, hunting, golf, fishing, Packer football. And I said, of course, like I'd still spend time doing that. But then you ask, okay, so is that it, you know? And we got into a conversation about status, social status, which I want you to talk about because it seems like you kind of have let go of that because you really don't have a set social network, I'd say, when you're traveling place to place. Um, I guess we should get into this because it seems like you've completely let go of like the social status thing. Like to you, it's more so, am I confident in myself in my own head, right? Is that where you're going? Yeah, my questions, like I was asking, I was trying to like, what I was thinking, like when I was younger, like I bring this point up all the time. When I was younger, I thought I needed $50 million to live the life I do right now. And I don't make $50 million and I'm living this, uh, this amazing life. So I got like out of my kind of bubble and I'm like, oh, wow. Like what other bubbles are there? What, what is going on here? And I was just asking you that be like, okay, financial freedom is your goal. Well, shit, dude, you can make, you know, in the next two years. $200,000 and you can go move somewhere and you'll be financially free for the rest of your life, basically, and do whatever the fuck you want. You know what I mean? So like, what is like really the deep purpose of what we are all doing? And, um, but then like you got into it and you're like, dude, like, I love where I live. I like Packer football. I like the hunting. I like this. And I'm like, perfect. Then you're fine. I mean, you do seem like a happy dude and fulfilled and whatnot, but I think it's good that for everyone to like ask themselves, what the fuck are they really doing? And is there a better way to reach that end goal? Um, yeah, social status. Yeah, we talked about that because it kind of came down to that. Like, okay, well, I do want the money and the respect and the power in my area and whatnot. And my kind of thing was like, once I got away from that small little part of the world, like when you're there, it's not small. Obviously, Twin Cities area or where you grow up, that's all you know. That's the only people you know, you know, the, the Timberwolves or the Vikings, and like that's your freaking world. But I think when you leave it and you look at it from afar, you're obviously like, okay. Like, why did I care so much about what that person thought? Or, you know, was being a CEO in Minneapolis going to be super fulfilling and I'll be the Mr. Cool guy? Like, is that what I really wanted? And uh, I think, yeah, the social status when you're when you're on the go and you don't have a network to rely on, you know, your friends go to the bar at this place or, you know, the girls in your community know you or whatnot, then it kind of really like shows you what is status and what does it like really mean? And obviously it comes down to like the internal part. You know what I mean? Because like I don't have the external shit really the last three years. So it comes into the eternal part like, okay, do I believe this is my status? Like what, how I feel, how I operate, the, the way I dress, the way I move, the way I communicate kind of becomes your your own social status. And yeah, you obviously don't really care as much anymore because, you know, you meet a lot of these people for one or two days, right? But the ones you do connect with and you stay in contact with for a long time, like that's like the powerful thing. But overall, it's like, yeah, every day you're starting anew basically. And then, so you can't rely on the status and you gotta look at things differently. Does that explain kind of what I'm talking about or no? Yeah, yeah. And I, well, I think it's interesting because when you do have a, uh, a network that you inherently want to impress, like they have preconceived notions about you related to past events and like a reputation that you've built up more or less. And that goes with you when you're in a certain geographical bubble. Like when people think of you, and, you know, they think about what you're about, like they're obviously taking into account things that have, that have happened in the past, things that other people say about you, just kind of like the floating themes that kind of follow you. Um, but like you're saying, when you're out of the bubble completely, like it's all on you present moments to make people think about you in a positive light. And you're arguing, which I agree with, by the way, before I get into this, 
you're arguing that when you're out of the bubble, like you can be whoever you want for, for better or for worse. But it, it mainly comes down to what you think about yourself and what you believe, which is where affirmations comes in, in my mind. Like me and you both write them every day, just like quick statements about yourself. Uh, I am this, I am that, I have this, I have that. And um, I think that is one of the keys, like self-belief and self-confidence to being happy with yourself. And because that will follow you whenever you're trying to create a new brand in a new city or a new country or a new hemisphere, whatever you're going. Um, and I, I, we've talked about it a lot. I don't want to hammer the nail on uh, affirmations and whatnot, but I, I, I still believe that that's like one of the most key things to self-development is believing in yourself and uh, relating this back to social media, like these likes you get that's like straight, like fake dopamine. That's like fake false confidence that others around you are approving of what you're doing, like with showing it by likes and whatnot. But yeah. And I, and I do want to circle back to like you at one point, you told me you wanted to be, you know, you wanted the power through being like a CEO business mogul here. Um, and now you're completely off that trail. Like you couldn't give a fuck less about that. Obviously you're out of the corporate world what uh what what is your like five-year goal like what do you want because obviously everybody wants power in the end when you go to the common denominator what what do you want what what do you personally as nick rooney want yeah i think we've talked about in the text message a couple times but first i got to make a point before i forget is like what is status it is it even that like good because i've had status like in uh um uh uh geographical location right well and you I've still have status then, by the way you just signed with a new football team you're a quarterback like you still have yeah. status in europe yeah i still have I, the, the the geographical what set status type thing but then also people are like oh i want to the celebrity lifestyle looks amazing or or you know being with a beautiful girl in milan a model like so like what is status and then once you get it because i've had you know a, a decent status in, in in different places and then i've also had like one day statuses where I am with a model in Milano or I am on a yacht in Tampa Bay for the Super Bowl or I am in these different places and it's like yeah it's a memory and I'm glad I did it and it was beautiful uh, it's usually more beautiful when you look back at it too not necessarily when you're in the moment because I think we don't really take it in much but it's just like oh wow like is this what I really wanted you know, you know and that that status yeah it feels good in the moment but it's not the end all be all it's not the most fulfilling part but I think a lot of people never get to experience that because um, for whatever reason. And then once you get these quick hits, like in this travel world and like you get to live the celebrity life for, for that night or whatnot, then you can go back to your normal life where you have privacy and you don't have the, the negative drawbacks of being famous or a celebrity. It kind of like puts that thing in perspective, like, okay, great. It was beautiful walking down Fifth Avenue with a model and, and everyone looking at me and asking if I was a designer or some shit like that. Like, yeah, it was really cool. But it's like, is that what I want my whole life, you know, always to be like that? I mean, it's not it's not the greatest, like, uh, ultimate fulfilling feeling. But a lot of people don't get to experience it. So they don't know better. And that's all they work for their whole life instead of appreciating what they got or enjoying the moments they have, et cetera. Um, what do I want? Yeah, I think um, what I talked about with you is like total fucking freedom that I can do, say, be, go, whatever. I can do whatever the fuck I want that's in my head. Um, I also want to to make a difference. So there's a way I, I'm still building status like with both perceptions. So I don't have to be in a geographical location, right? I have this this podcast that's worldwide that I can keep relationships, network, and 
and build my uh, my uh, public persona and whatnot. And I think I want to use that because I do really enjoy like um, making differences in, in people's lives. Because obviously, once you do that, you, you get the value in return. But there's nothing like you know giving. Like at Christmas, it was it's better when you give the present and see the kid smiling than it is like as many presents as you got when you were a little kid. So what do I want? Like I said, I'm building up this, this life of like, hey, independence, total freedom. With that with total freedom, where I have nothing tying me down, is the ultimate power, correct? Like where no one can tell me anything. That means I have the most power I could have. Like a CEO that's working 16 hours a day that has 100 employees with them, do you think they have like ultimate power? No, do they're a slave to what they built too. Then they're a slave to the tax man. They're enslaved to their employees, to their... Um, to their clients to, I mean, that's, to me, is not ultimate uh, power. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think that's my end goal. Like I want to live this crazy life till I'm at least 35 and then I'm going to slow it down with multiple um, places uh, across the world where I go there for like the season that uh, I want to go there for. And um, yeah, but I'm, I'm trying to get as much crazy experience out of me until like, if I do have a kid, cause that ties you down. Know what I mean? That kind of stuff. If you buy uh, if you get in the huge long-term mortgage that ties you down. So the balance between this freedom life, but then getting to the point of ultimate power over my own being, like I my my own mental point of origin. Like nobody can tell me shit. I can do what I want, and that's what I want. So that's deep, and and yeah, I mean the CEO thing, that's not power, and in, in my mind at least. I mean we we uh, we're young guys, and we have not had as many you know, years of life. Although I think years of life is just like age. It's a number. I mean, you, you, like you're saying, you've had a million experiences between 23 and 26 now compared to probably half a million that were worthwhile from like 18 to 23. So again, like it doesn't matter how many years or days you've been on earth because you know, it's what you do with the days that count. But I mean, I don't look at that as freedom either. If you have to work 16 hours, if you are getting paid a giant salary, but you know, you, you have to work 12 hours a day on average. Like I don't see that as total freedom. And like we're saying, well, and then, and then you get the money and then you get the money just to buy the Rolex for the nice car to show off to other people to improve that your status. Is, like, external like, status. So you're a sl- you're a slave to the external status too. Yeah. And that's, that's crazy. Cause like these big brands like Rolex and like Gucci Prada designer Dior, whatever. Like they kind of enslave you as well because you work so hard to get that money to be able to afford like something that could be taken away, like literally stolen in a second. So the external things that you buy to reflect the status, I mean, that enslaves you too because you're putting so much hours, so many hours into just being able to afford it when in reality, it's just like a material possession. I mean, it's a, it's a long wormhole of a conversation, but um, well, it, it's also like metaphorical or whatever. Like you have the name on you, like you're a walking billboard, like slave to the, the, the designer brand or whatever that, that costs the same as the Hanes t-shirt. Basically there's some good designer shit. that's like handmade. Like I got some stuff, um, in the Italian vintage stores that are from like the seventies and eighties that look brand new. And it's like, that's value. And that's what they say. Like buy good shoes. You don't have to buy a new pair every year. You buy good boots. They last 10, 15 years type deal. But yeah, your point though is, uh, I get the point. Yeah. And that, by the way, that goes into capitalism. I'm uh, I wanted to get into this too. Cause the other day I'm looking at, uh, it's a Monday, you know, I do my drinking on the weekends. You call me robot boy on the weekends. 
you uh what'd you say trauma i got trauma from working so hard during the week so i got a drink during the weekend to make up for it i think it was like what, what'd you say something trauma corporate boy trauma was it i don't know i think it was some freaking instagram reel that, that, that trauma is a big buzzword like where does the like cause smoking smoking cigarettes i guess is like it comes from a trauma like why we do it we know it kills us we know it's not bad for, or we know it's bad for you so why what is the reason like there's some sort of trauma in your past that makes you do that kind of crap but um yeah i think that's like the uh, the american way of doing it though like you work super hard during the week and then you just blow off all the steam on the weekend you know it's not it's not quite healthy i don't i mean if you, it works for you it works for you but um i mean it's like a known trauma thing like you work super hard just to get blasted on the weekend yeah no it's it's something trauma i'll find it but what I was going into, so I'm, Monday, I'm sitting at my desk. I got in front of me a, uh, a drink from a supermarket. Uh, it's a probiotic, and it helps with your gut health, okay? Because I've seen so many things recently about your mood is truly influenced by, like, your gut health because that's where your serotonin is produced. And I'm yep. looking at this bottle. It's just a weird train of thought I went down. And it's it says on it, like, stomach reset or, like, health reset or something. And there's been so much talk recently, at least in my algorithm and sphere of things, about how capitalism is so evil. And yeah, like big brands, like we're just talking about Dior and designer, like they profit off of you. They can charge a giant retail price and you'll go along with it and buy it. But capitalism also has provided an opportunity for you to buy shit like that, that you're not going to have the knowledge to like grow in your backyard. You're not going to grow herbs for your stomach to be reset and your mood elevated transparently or transversely. And uh, I just went into a deep train of thought about how the people that bitch about capitalism don't understand that it, it actually like the pros and cons. Like we do this with the smartphone, pros and cons of the smartphone, pros and cons of capitalism. It gives you the opportunity to, to buy things that can actually, you know, offset terrible, you know, like effects of drinking, for example, the trauma boy drinking. And I just went into a deep thought about how capitalism, it's like every, anything else we talk about on this podcast, like. The, the world is a certain way. Capitalism exists. So instead of trying to fight it, you're not going to overthrow capitalism. You're not King Tut. You're not Alexander the Great. You can either bitch about capitalism running the world, or you can actually utilize that, flip it on its face to, you know, purchase items that promote your health, your, your mental sharpness, your appearance and whatnot. And uh, I just think it's such a waste of time to complain about something like capitalism that's so universal and so like set in stone. You're not going to reverse it and you're not going to like outsmart it. Like you need to buy your goods unless you're a farmer, an Amish farmer that can, you know, grow their own food. It was just a very weird train of thought I had while I'm looking at this belly reset bottle that, uh, that made me realize like, yeah, like things like capitalism exist, like things like, you know, the, the gender gap that we talk about in dating, it's, it's growing because women have more of a selection out dating apps. Like, you can, you can get mad at it all you want, or you can actually learn it, learn the rules to it and take advantage of it for your own life. Just like we try to do with all our podcasts. Like we bring on all these different perspectives, not to scare you, but to just let you know that there's other ways of thought out there. There's other things that are in place. You're not going to overthrow it, but rather you can take advantage of it and sprinkle a little bit into your own life. Yeah. I think it's just the victim thing. Like I talk about it all the time with the, the, the American bubble, it's so amazing. And it, it's obviously has the, the cons, right? Like the amazing part of it is like, look at all these freaking opportunities. Like 
you were blessed with delusional confidence that you can do anything and, and be anyone. Like 95% of the world, this is how life is going to be. I'm going to work on my farm. I'm going to live in my favela. I'm going to clean the toilets in India. Or they don't even have toilets basically in India. They shit on the street. I just posted that graphic on uh, on the Instagram yeah, story. In America, yeah, in America, we still have that um, that belief that you know, if we work hard, like we can do whatever the fuck we want. And that's really rare. We have that, 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 that opportunity and that delusional confidence on the flip end. Like you do that, you go to the 95, you work your ass off and then you blast off in, in, on the weekend. And then people like are making $200,000 and they feel poor. You know what I mean? Like, cause they're trapped in this like consumeristic mindset that comes from America, you know, capitalism on steroids. And they're, they're consuming way too much of the worst parts instead of taking the benefits and, and going from there, you know, living a more minimalistic lifestyle. Um, you know, I know you don't like this, but taking that money and living in the third world like a king, like, uh, and then like on foreign strategies, I did that interview with um, those guys, and that is bold. Okay, so if you're gonna listen to that, like I did the other episode, like, you know, op- op- listen to an open mind. Okay, like this is what I want this content to go into. We'll talk about more 2022, more raw, more real, more bold, more practical. But I was talking to those guys because he's got a place in Tulum, and these Americans go there. And they bitch about America, but the only reasons they can go to Tulum in the first place and live in paradise is because of the opportunities they got from America. But then they bitch about it. You know what I mean? So it's like anything. You take the pros of something, you leverage that, and you try to limit the cons as much as possible. But I've said it a million freaking times, if you were born in America in the last 70 years, you had a lottery ticket at life. And you can't tell me any differently. If, if, if it's not working out for you and you are sad and you are unfulfilled, that's on you, okay? That's just on you. The victim shit is is on you. And it, even if you want to blame everyone else, and even if it is there, you know, if it was the white people's fault or the capitalists' fault, so what is that going to solve? Just sitting there in your bed bitching. It's not. It's not going to solve nothing. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it always ends up coming down to yourself, no matter how many obstacles are against you. So stop playing the victim. We say that a lot. Yeah, I think that's one of the most dangerous things that uh, definitely America right now promotes. It's like the ability to play the victim and like compete for the biggest sob story and compete for the most sympathy. Cause what the fuck? I mean, come on. Like it, it takes all the blame off yourself and it encourages the victim card. Um, and in every situation, like career, personal relationships, finances, I mean, everything America's trending towards a society where it's totally okay and actually encouraged because it's the easiest it's the easiest thing to do it's the most instant gratification just like the fucking tiktok and getting sucked into that it's the easiest thing you can do and it is a power play anyone can say what they want playing the victim is the last resort your last power play he said you know what I, i i'm too weak to go fight for myself i'm gonna wave the white flag like in medieval europe please Okay, take my wife, take my children, enslave them, but just spare my life. Okay, I, I give up. I surrender. I'll be, I'll be on my knees for you. That's what playing the victim is. It is a power play. That's a fact. It's selfish too, and it's and then you're cheating yourself because, I mean, I we can go into the victim card forever. We've already gone into it plenty of times, but I guess it's something where we should probably bring it up every single podcast because it's kind of the cornerstone of our ideologies. But that's literally the worst thing you can do. Like the minute you start thinking about your life and not taking responsibility and playing well me and uh, blaming the circumstances. That's, that's when you lose. Like that's fucking when you lose and nothing's going to get better. Cause here's a segue. You're going to eat this up, Nick, but you know, the government, I said the G word, 
G G man said the G word. The government makes it very easy to rely on them for the money and the shelter and the system and the healthcare and the pharmaceuticals. And I mean, they make it very, very easy and safe and frictionless to play the victim. And it's just simply the worst possible thing you can do. Like once you start taking responsibility and focusing on you and what you can do to improve your circumstances, that's when things get good. That is when things get great. Like that, that, that's freedom too. We talked about you wanting freedom. Like when you totally absolve yourself from any external finger pointing, that's, that's when you really can turn a corner personally, I think. I mean, it's happened with me. Yeah, but it, but it, but it's not easy though. Yeah, it's not easy. And that's what I'm saying. For some people, that that's fine. They'll give up all their freedom to have security. And if they're happy, then, then they're happy. Some people like love being in uh, the victim role because that makes them feel good. Like that's what I'm saying. When people like post this shit on Twitter, like that makes them feel good. Why else would they post it? Like they're posting the government is so bad. I hate this. I hate Trump. I hate Biden. I hate everyone because that makes them feel good. And they get likes and they get validation from it. And it makes them feel they're on the right path. It makes them feel that, hey, I'm doing as best as I can in life. And this is what's going to make me happy. So some people like that's fine. That's what they want. I, you can't associate with it, though. Like otherwise you're going to go down a slippery slope. But I honestly think some people like, well, I've said this before. I think 80, 80 to 90 percent of people want to be told how to shit, eat, sleep, think uh work uh everything especially after the last two years it, it was obvious they'll listen to anything as long as you say okay it's gonna be okay it's gonna be safe for the history uh, every religion okay if i just believe in this if i just pray to him my sins will be absolved everything is gonna be good so i'll i'll listen to you like it's human nature to look up the hierarchy and find answers and if that makes you comfortable that makes you safe then that's fine and i mean but i think a lot of people as we're seeing in america is like the depression rates uh the ssri's intake um you know, no one has, no one's getting laid. We talk about the dating. It's like, okay, so obviously this system is probably not working for me. So I can either keep going down this system and be miserable, or I can maybe step outside of it and see what I can do to get better. Cause I mean, we're seeing a lot of men do this. We're seeing a lot of people do this with the Jordan Petersons that you posted. They're looking for someone to say, Hey, like, what do I need to do? Oh, it takes some responsibility. Like it's become a huge self-help thing. And everyone talks about it. Like, so people are looking for answers for sure. Yeah, no, and this is, so like you're saying, a lot of people, like probably, I mean, I'm not a numerologist, but probably 95% of the population is like totally cool with playing the victim and, and not really taking responsibility. And that's fine. Like, actually, like literally, that's fine. You're surrounded by others that want to do the same. But like, that's what we're, we, you and I, Nick, are talking to the 5% out of that 100 that are not okay with that. So if you made it through this far and you, and you like to have the comfort of the victim card, like, dude, turn it off. Like, I, I really don't care. Like, I don't care how many people listen to this. I care about the quality of the people that listen to this and get inspired by it. Cause we're not for this podcast is not for this platform is not for the 95 percentile that want to, you know, blame others and play the V card and get their V taken by the government and whatnot. Like that's, it's not our target market. It's just not. So if you're still with us and this is resonating with you, I appreciate it. Cause I mean, my goal is more so to reach more people in the 5% mark than uh, expand the total numbers. Like I care about more, you know, the quality of the people and what they're looking for, which that's part of why we love doing this. Cause we personally, you and I can connect with people that are like us um, and, you know, strengthen that, that network in that sense, 
what you've been doing recently. We won't talk about it on this, but like this year, when I look back, the best thing about doing bold is being able to connect with the people that, uh, that associate themselves with the 5%, I would say, and strengthening that network and surrounding yourself with those people. You got kids in the background. Is that your kid? Is that your secret kid? <laughs> Don't say that. Knock on wood. You'll manifest it. I just did. Hey, I got a point though. I got a point though. I think, um, because of the amazing times we're, we're living in has made it. So humans can do this, this victim stuff and, and be the, well, I don't think it's 95, maybe it is, but be that percentage. Cause like in the past do it, if you didn't survive, you were dead. And that was like, normally if you didn't go work and make food on the farm, you were dead. So, um, I think it's in all of us, our DNA. Cause like, look, we beat out millions and millions of sperm to get to the egg, right? Like we've been survival of the fit for a while, but you know, we've been just programmed by, you know, our maybe our parents and the trophy generation and the media and the government to like, hey, you know, like, don't take your life in your own hands. But I think deep down and with the rise of how popular self-help is and whatnot, you know, people are looking for it. I think people are looking for this. But I agree with your point, dude. Like the relationships of that 5% or the people we've met has been extraordinary, extraordinarily valuable in my life. And I do think we should niche more. I think that's why the bold content got a little bolder the last couple of weeks is because it's like, you know what, enough. Why are we trying to appeal to every single person and their fucking mother? No, let's 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 get this niche down and let's get people in our life that we really want in our life and use this as what we talk about, like a networking leveraging tool. And from that, when when you build those relationships, I think things take off. And yeah, like, you know, things have thrown in our lap from people that actually do shit because they, they heard us on bold perceptions or because they like our message and they want to connect with us. And that's what's valuable. That not um, if everyone and their mother, you know, watches a TikTok video and they get millions of views and like, you know, half of those people or 95% of them, you're not going to convert or 95% of them just wanted a quick little dopamine hit. And then if that's what you want to do and get the ad revenue and whatnot, wonderful. But, you know, I want to create beautiful shit. I want to create shit that people can remember me by and, and motivate them and, and make a difference in this world. And I think that's what we need to do in 2022 is, is put the niche down and see who fucks with us and see who wants to go on this ride. Yeah. And I mean, I remember at the beginning of last year, we were like, we kind of had a quick fleeting thought where we're like, okay, this is the year we monetize. This is the year we do this. But like, it, it became apparent to me over time that like, it's not about monetizing shit. It's not about getting ads. We don't seek it out at all. Like there's been opportunities, but like, it's just not the point. Like I remember the other day, one of my buddies was like, would you rather, uh, like it was, it was a funny joke. It's not serious, but I, I kind of internalized it. He goes, would you rather save my life or have bold perceptions be the number one most popular podcast <laughs> in the country? And I like, he gave me some other theoreticals where I was like, uh, like I'll, I'll save your life of course. But like I said immediately, like being number one in the charts isn't really the point of it because that would signify to me that we're appealing to way too many people out of the target market. Cause like we just said, 95% of humanity. I don't know if you were arguing that it's smaller or larger there when you said it's not 95, but like being number one, like top 10, top hundred, I, I don't care about that. Like I care about, you know, the 5% that we connect with along the way. Cause so that in turn, that's what I was saying to him. I, I was saying, it's not really about reaching the mass amount of numbers on the charts or the people in, on earth or whatever, but what I'm saying, how that relates back to what we're saying about last year when we kind of sat down and said, let's monetize. It just became very apparent this year that uh, I love the niche that we have going. 
And I love the people that listen. And I've gotten a lot of texts recently about like random episodes from people that I never thought I would get any text from. And they're saying, wow, that really made me think like this episode was cool. Like I have so many thoughts. That's like literally exactly what I want is uh, just getting people to kind of actually think deeply about it. Because our, our content really isn't like an instant gratification thing. Like it's not going to like reverse your entire mindset on life. But what I think it's about rather is like starting to think about certain topics differently. And then in turn, you start, like T-Bob said, looking for truth in other places thinking differently in other places. That is what's really cool to me. So personally, I mean, again, we're going into a new year. I think this is our third year. This is my third year aboard. I remember I started in like December, 2019. Yeah. So yeah, two and a half years, something like that. I, I I'm, I'm pumped for another year, man. I mean, it's uh, it's just a lot more value that's coming our way and it's going to be good to start niching in. I know you're kind of looking to, niche into specific markets for potential consulting. Um, do you want to get into that or do you want to leave that off to the side right now? Yeah. I mean, obviously that's like a, a big uh, location independent thing where you like consult on lifestyle or, you know, travel or dating or what you're, you're good at. I think it'd be cool to start off with that, but it's not like a long-term scalable thing. You know what I mean? Where I can have total freedom. I still love doing it. Like I've been helping people on the side with like WhatsApp and, and whatnot. And it's not like I know all the answers for everything, but I'm an expert in certain things that I think could help. Well, it has helped a lot of people. So yeah, it's a way to kind of bring in some, some money from this and help out others. And you know, cause time isn't free too, as much as uh, you know, you want to help people and do all that. Like, that's why we do this podcast. You can listen to this. It's free, but um, like to individual stuff. Yeah. I'm definitely going to, move into some sort of consulting stuff, but I have a bigger picture for this bold and, and the umbrella that it's going to become. And uh, I think the niching part, getting people that actually like really care and, and, and maybe take what we talk about and, and it's like a snowball. Oh, so they heard this thing and they try something else different and they create this, they build this. And now that's the power. And, and that always comes back to you. It always comes back in one way or another. And that's why, I mean, we haven't monetized this thing at all. Only thing we've done is give discounts for stuff that we use like double wood or the ghost fit and we get a little kickback, nothing crazy. But um, yeah, I think uh, if we just niche in and you keep me somewhat balanced, you know, you take my NASCAR ideas and use them in your life, but also don't let me go flying off the edge. Uh, I think it'll work out just, just great. I mean, now with this YouTube, I mean, we saw what can happen when, um, you know, a video hits and that was just for the last couple of days we've been doing it. Um, I think it's going to get bigger and bigger. And remember 5%, if we're talking that, uh, that's like 300 million people. And I look at like a Joe Rogan. You, you think everyone that listens to him kind of like thinks a little different. I think it, we, there is a big market for this, but we need to niche it to, to gain some momentum and, and whatnot, not just try to target everybody and, and their fucking mother. But I think the message is live bold. It's bold ideas. It's bold perspectives. That's what it is. Living bold, getting outside of uh, your, uh, your bubble, whatever bubble it is. And that helps us get outside of our bubble too. Cause I know I'm in bubbles and I think bubbles are decent if they're, if you're happy and you're doing successful things and you're fulfilled. Cause I don't think there is only one truth and one way of life to do things. Right. So the message is to live fucking bold. Okay. That is, that is our message. That's the way we're going down here. And we need to really niche in on that and, and, and let people know our listeners and audience that that's what we want to do. We want to connect the doers and we want people who live bold and we want to learn from them. We want to, build shit with you and, and create this, this kind of content. Yeah. And I would love, I would love to do, I'm going to, I'm going to take a look this afternoon at 
our guests in, you know, the totality of the last couple of years, honest to God, like there's been a ton of people that even if we never talk to them again, which we, uh, and we haven't in some cases, they have gone on to create something totally different than what they were doing when they came on at the time. Um, but there's many examples that I can think of off the top of my head, which is super cool. Cause I mean, even if they never think about us again or give credit, I don't want to say give credit to us for like the inspiration, but there, there's just been a ton of people that have came on that have gone on to like do something totally different and create something that will potentially set them free either, you know, mentally, but probably financially as well. I think that's, a, I think that's really cool. A really cool side, um, effect of coming on sometimes. Cause I can just see gears turning differently in people after they, after they leave. And, uh, that's pretty fulfilling. Like you're saying, yeah, I you think when you, impact. I think, yeah, when you go on something like a podcast or you, you know, put your artwork out for someone to see it like switches something in your brain and, uh, you start like moving a little differently and, you know, that's not just us. It's a byproduct of what we've created this bold perceptions. And yeah, I think like the intrinsic value of this bold shit is, is beyond what we can see with our eyes. And, oh, yeah. and that's why it's fun to, that's why it's really fun to do. And that's why I think, um, I think this next year is going to be, is going to be fun. It's going to be really cool if we just niche down and, and we just keep producing content because now I kind of figured out how to edit and figured out how to do the reels and like, you know, just pumping content, pumping good quality stuff is going to make uh think this thing, you know, go. And by go, I mean like we just have a group of people that live bold, people that motivate each other, people that get you outside of a bubble, people that just make you, you want to take on life and then put the bootstraps on and stop bitching and stop playing the victim. So it's fun. It's fun. Yeah. And I think, I think what's cool too is like, obviously you as a, a human being on this globe floating in space, like your, your life is, uh, it's bold. Right. And it's like your own definition of bold. And sometimes when we put content out, like the, uh, the NASCAR tamer in me, I got low battery, huh? Low power mode. Look at that capitalism feature. Um, you'll, you'll be like, you know, you'll post something and I'll, at first I'm like, dude, what the fuck? Like, what the hell are people going to think of that? But like, that just goes to show like you're living your own life on your bold terms and people, while they see that and they're like, dude, I cannot relate to this guy at all. Like what's going on? Like subconsciously, I hope they think, you know, a little deeper as to why you feel that is bold. Like you're not saying do exactly as I do, but just more so get into the layers of thought regarding you know, just the bold theme overall, like you can, you can live bold without being even in a different country. I know we always go back and forth on this, but like, it just goes to show that there's plenty of room for growth in terms of boldness um, in your own life, no matter where you are. Like anybody can take a slice of our ideology and apply it to their own life, which I think is cool. But it's just a reminder too, that we're not saying like, you got, you have to do this. Just you know, take the overall ideology and theme that we talk about countless times. Don't play the victim too. Don't be like, oh my God, I can't do it. I can't live bold. Like, fuck, I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm a victim. That was a little mean, but like, don't just like write it off completely just because you can't exactly post a Brazilian booty on the beach. Like, yeah, you got to think a little <laughs> deeper about this. Think a little deeper. Hey, Come on. This is, um, this is a great, um, example though, is, uh, like I said about truth, I don't think there is a truth anymore. I think it, it all is uh, perception is reality. 
we all have these different bubbles and and exactly what is your definition of living bold and if you're happy doing it then that's bold it's not yeah live exactly how nick does this rock star weird minority lifestyle but if it, if it clicks something in your head like oh wow yeah i really want to create that piece of art now because i saw this this uh this nice ass on the beach with a wine bottle in brazil because this kid you know he's living his definition of bold now guess what i want to be my definition of bold and i'm gonna go finally publish that artwork at the the local museum or there's some shit like that exactly that's what it is your own truth find your own live bold and go with it and i hope what what we say when we speak it, it it motivates you or or ticks something in your head to be like oh okay that's bold to me and i want to live that way that's what we that's what we want and i don't think a lot of people um look at our stuff and be like i have to live that way to live bold like I, I i think that's a lot in your head too you know what i mean like maybe it comes off right. like that to to you and a, a few select people but yeah the message is deeper and the the part is we can't worry about that because like you know you look at like a facebook post and you see a million different perspectives and a million different comments but we're just putting it out there you take what you want from it like an artist like picasso you look at the painting and you take your own fucking thing from it that's what all art is and by the way here's the good news to rope it back to the beginning, we're, we're talking about how, you know, the masks um, and everything else that's going on kind of uh, makes it very easy to fall into just being just another drone. Drones harsh, but I'm just using it for emphasis. Like in a world where it's so easy to be like everybody else now and be consumed on the phone, do this, do that, do the same thing. That means inversely, it's that much easier to live bold because like so many people are cookie cutter like that copy it, it's a copycat world that makes it so much easier to actually stand out in any sort of way and like we post so many examples on our stories too on instagram bold perceptions by the way follow it on instagram i know a lot of you don't follow us which i don't care about if that's your definition of bold is not following us on social media stick to that but like so many times we've posted you know fortune favors the bold examples and it's literally easier than ever in like the last century to stand up in some way. And I don't want to turn this into a cheesy rah-rah, go be unique, be you, be true, be true to you, like thing. But like, it is literally so easy nowadays to stand out in any, any way. Cause what's happened to me before is I'm like, I'll be thinking I'm at the point with bold where I'm like, shit, like I feel obviously inclined to keep up this bold mantra. Cause I owe it to you guys and everybody else that's listening. And sometimes I'll be like, damn, I'm not living bold enough. I'm not living bold enough, which is great. It's healthy. But like even the fact that you're thinking about that puts you out of the curve a million points because so many people have no fucking idea that they're even being robotic. Like if I look around in a room of 100 people, like I guarantee 90 of them have never even had that thought at, at all. They're just kind of going through the motions. So if you're even aware of the notion that you may be, may be going through the, emo like the, the motions itself, you're already ahead of the curve, I would say. So just... hey, this is deep. This is deep. This is deep, though. I saw a study about like uh, when people think they're being unique and being their true self. It uh, was actually they were living um, external influence uh, uh, lifestyle. Ooh. So like I can say it for me too. So this is this goes into the point. If you think you're happy, that's fine. But even my life, I know uh, so many things have shaped me since I was a little boy. Whether it be uh, the the Wall Street, the original one with Gordon, Gordon Gecko, whether it be the four hour work week with Tim Ferriss, whether it be my music, whether it be all these different things have shaped me. So I know I'm not some super special, unique snowflake, but I do feel happy. 
So that is the, the, the key. You understand me? Like I do feel for the most part fulfilled. Obviously there's highs and lows to all this shit, but um, it's not like I'm the most unique person in the world. The more I do bold perceptions, I realize my life is not that unique. And uh, so that is a point though, too, is like, Hey, if something inspires you, that's good. Just make sure like you actually like it. And it's not just because um, this is what you're told to do, but if you're happy, then you're fucking happy. That is a big point here. Okay. But if you're not, then I would do what you just said, ask yourself, okay, am I living bold? Am I living that kind of lifestyle? That, that, that is, that is important. Yeah, no, that's a good point too. Cause like on the flip side of this, like the last thing I want is for you to like go really internalize living bold. You wake up every day, look in the mirror. I live bold. I live bold. I live bold. And then all of a sudden, like you're just like keeping in the back of your mind with the bold co-hosts like say this is bold and like you actually fucking hate it like no that's not the point of it because if you're trying to you know achieve some external external definition of bold like that takes away all individual thought like we talked about with the book man the mimetic versus autonomous thought thing like you're actually just mimicking everybody else and it actually doesn't make you happy so honest to god if it if it makes you happy to do exactly what you're doing right now then like i don't want you to change a thing like but odds are that there's a ton of room for growth elsewhere in your life that you're just kind of putting under the bed and dismissing because it's it's uncomfortable to address those issues. But just want to throw that out there that it's, you know, it's a totally individual thought type of thing. Like we're all consciousness floating around. We're all way different flesh robots. I like that term from you. I mean, everything, it means something different to everybody. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I think I think live bold is simply um, happiness slash fulfillment. So if you're living bold, you are living a, a meaningful, happy, existent life where you're doing what you want or you're doing what you think you want, and that's the key. So live bold. Uh, join us on this ride for 2022. I would follow the or subscribe to the YouTube channel. I think we're gonna post some YouTube only content on there. But uh, appreciate you sticking around this long, and uh, let's keep this train going and. We love to hear your your feedback. You know, those text messages mean a lot to us. That's really personable. Just throw us shit on DMs if you don't have our number. But um, another year, another year down. It's time to step it up and live bolder even more. And uh, we got to get you in a studio next time, car guy. We got to, we'll keep the, we'll keep the the gimmick or the the bit, but uh, let's, uh, let's upgrade this, uh, this uh, setup in the future, huh? Yeah, I got to get myself a laptop. I got to tap into capitalism. They're advancing the laptop. So I got to, you know, take the selective benefits that I like and get myself a nice laptop. And I think you're in town soon. So we might be doing a little uh, in-person pod. That'll go on YouTube, I'm sure. But yeah, like you said, follow us, um, you know, to, to get the full experience. We post a lot of content elsewhere. And um, honest, honestly, something that really goes a long way free again to do simply leave a review like that that really helps us in terms of the podcast algorithms um it helps reach more people that are like us is my hope so if you could leave a review even if you hate us leave a review it's okay we need constructive criticism we're not uh we're not you know allergic to people saying we suck so tell us we suck if we do tell us we're cool if you think we're cool it'd be great so that's all i gotta say all right, guys, have a wonderful rest of your, your 2021, and I hope uh, this 2022 is one bold year for you. Ciao.